Welcome to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Uh, this is your host, still your host, 48,000 minutes into the show, because that's how many minutes we've logged. Uh, Jeremy just gave me a thumbs up. That's how I know the minute accuracy. Uh, this is your host, Connor McCabe, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if this is your first episode, thank you especially for listening. I do favor first timers for sure. I want to keep them, want to keep them around. Um, but if you've never listened to the show, just to give you an idea, this is a podcast where I bring on a guest to talk about a video game from their past uh, that is special to them. And we get into why it's special to them. Um, we talk about not only what makes like the specific game fun and cool and awesome or whatever, whatever they like about it to play but we also dive into the context around when they played it, who they maybe played it with, and uh, what made that special for them too. So, whether or not you've ever listened to the show, I'm sure you know our guest today. He's a, a famous person in the world, famous in the video games, a comedy show community. Ladies, gentlemen, and other, please welcome Michael Hearn. Oh boy, you're planning on releasing this way later, like years yeah. later when I actually made your name for myself. Yes, uh, when you are uh, uh, even I, more famous writer, director, oh boy. gamer, podcaster, and boyfriend. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I'm a famous boyfriend for sure. <laughs> yeah, Hi, Kelsey. You're a great... Hey, sh- Kelsey is getting a shout out on both the video hey, and the audio, and the audio. Hey, She gets a shout out wherever I go. you just walked in those streets shouting, Kelsey. You're a lover not a fighter. Uh, I'm expect, except when you get me behind a controller and playing a certain video game. And then you're extremely aggressive. And I'm still a lover. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show, dude. Thank you for having me. It is truly an honor. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. We've gotten to know each other a lot better over the last uh, year and a half or so, yeah. but we've known each other for Through probably video coming games, to yeah. like three years. Yeah. Uh, improv comedy communities, UCB clubhouse for yeah. sure. But yeah, we really came into our lives as video game buddies. Honestly, and I think that's when my life really began. Yeah, it was boy. when I started doing Jeremy's show, and then he helped me uh, really develop oh, a boy. special addiction habit. <laughs> and here we are. I mean, yeah, that's all I did today was talk about and think about video games on my day off. So <laughs> if that gives you any idea, uh, I exercised. Come on. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You got Rain Fit Adventure, yeah. right? You got some uh, reps in with I Drago. actually went to the real gymnasium. What? A real I know. gym? Do I know. It's weird. They, do they measure experience points or hit points? See, or? I asked them to have someone follow me around and measure my experience points, but they said that's called a personal trainer. And uh, I didn't want to pay for it. Down DLC content. That's <laughs> yeah. how they get you. It's behind a paywall, the personal uh. trainer. So, but uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much for doing this, dude. Um, thank you. Let's get right into it. For this yeah. game you wanted to talk about today is Doom. Doom, the original one, 1993. Yeah. Made by id Software. Beautiful. We're gonna. We're gonna. So as doing as, your job for you. Hey, no, I appreciate that. I mean, truly, like I said earlier, share as much as you or as little as you'd like. Well, um, I'll let you have the facts, and I'll jump thank in you when it's personal. And you, and also jump in and correct me when the my the half-assed internet research is like right. half wrong. <laughs> just gonna start off. So it's an RPG where you play as Cloud Strife, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> wait a second, entirely different game. You're bad at your job, Connor. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you nailed it. Uh, Doom uh, came out in 1993, uh, originally for MS-DOS, but it also yeah. got a Mac port. Yeah, eventually. And then many, many millions yeah, of other it ports. It might be the most ported game of all time, actually. Yeah. 
Like and, I've seen it on literally microwaves. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> like new future fancy microwaves with a little digital screen. Yeah, yeah. Like you're programming your popcorn and then you're shooting down some zombies at the same time. I mean, I've never wanted to do two things at the same time more than those things. <laughs> programming my popcorn well, and shooting down my <laughs> zombies. <laughs> oh, come with me, my friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, so this, like you said, it was uh, published by. And developed by id software yeah. um two of the main players that i'll name you can talk about any of them as much as you want are sure. john romero and john carmack mm-hmm. um this game played uh, a major role in defining the first person shooter genre and also inspired countless similar games so many to the fact that it has its own unique term doom clones doom clones yeah um yeah so that's how that term was popularized Mm -hmm. uh it's considered to be one of the most important and greatest video games of all time for a couple a couple key reasons that i found Hearn, correct me if i'm wrong or share anything else but what i kind of the general gist that i got um was that aside from you know helping define the genre as we've already touched on it Mm -hmm. also pioneered online play yeah including both like online distribution of like some software additives but also Mm -hmm. online network gaming yeah and we were talking a little bit before about this too it's the way of purchasing it was uh through the freeware model where you could get the first episode of doom on a floppy disk for free Mm -hmm. play it and it would be basically a demo but it would be the full episode the first seven or eight or so levels and then if you want the rest of it you order it through a phone line or online and they mail it to you and that was the original way of like buying a game content basically Uh, that was an early one for that and was probably one of the more popular ones. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, FPS genre for sure. I think id software did make the very first, if not, if maybe only one of the first, maybe there's an alternate, uh, FPS called Wolfenstein 3D, Mm -hmm. which was famous for that. But Doom is like so much more advanced, even just playing through it now. It's like, that's really the one that deserves to be famous for like pioneering. Yeah. Like, uh, they maybe Wolfenstein got on the scene and was like, Hey, this is kind of what the yeah. genre can be and doom refined it. Yes. Huh. Especially cause it's like its own unique vision, really distinct. It's very, yeah. Like all that stuff. And I think a lot of people even to this day, like still look at that engine and use it as like a jumping off point for what they want to do with their game. Yeah. You can see, I mean, we'll talk about this more, yeah. I'm sure a little later, but like you see its roots in like, all even just games that are just from the first person perspective yeah uh uh so many games that i've played too and i have like truly never really even played doom except maybe briefly on a computer back in the day mm-hmm. with truly probably a freeware floppy disk yeah. that we maybe like had something, yeah um it's also this game has also received uh numerous ports and sequels including mm-hmm. most recently the 2016 yeah. reboot um but there is a new Which game a coming out yeah new one coming out in march yeah of 2020 doom eternal Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I think it's a really cool that, that that legacy is still ongoing. They did have like, it also did the Quake series, which was popular for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been other games of like FPS series that have been very popular, Half-Life, uh, Bioshock, all the big ones. And then, yeah, I think it's just fun that like Doom is so grandfathered in that you can make a new one this year, this new decade, and it's still going to be interested and like people are involved in it it's god's own vision to it that like still most other games aren't trying out for like that specific 
hellscape vision yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have played the new one a little bit. I think it was yeah. on, P, it's on PS now. Yeah. So, oh yeah, or, that's right. It was, or yeah. it was on like plus or something. Yeah. You so, can like download it off of yeah, yeah. one of those. It took me a little bit to get used to it. I've played some first it's person wild. shooters, but it was a little, I definitely need to Even give it another modern shot. Modern FPS the new one. The 2016 one is very fast and furious mm-hmm. and you're doing a lot of in, in your face, personal attacks against yeah. the demons and stuff. And it's that's own. It kind of jumps off of it. When I was playing it uh, on the video portion, there's a lot about the level design and exploration and mm-hmm. Doom, the new one even has its own like language that but prioritizes that. Yeah. For sure. Interesting. Speaking of demons, we <laughs> let's touch on really quickly it's a, like wrap up. Yeah, let's so talk I'm about Michael. I'm scared of uh failing my family. I'm scared no. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna talk about your personal demons. Um, but that uh before we wrap up like the history and context, sure, sure. let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the game. Sure. Um in this game you play as a space marine that mm-hmm. I guess eventually became to be known as Doom, Doom guy. guy. And you're and you exp- you want to just explain the plot to us? Basically because what, what you told recall. me earlier, I was like, that's different than what I read because Ooh. what I read is half-assed internet research. <laughs> All right. Well, it depends. It, it takes place on Mars, yes. specifically the moons of Mars, which the steam taught me are Phobos and Deimos, which are the actual names of the moons of Mars. Nice. Uh, so I learned something. Uh, <laughs> and you did too. Listen yeah. to this podcast. This is the educational yeah. uh, tie-in the more that we know, do every the, episode. Uh, and basically what I gathered was it's a, a bunch of Marines on Mars colonizing the moons for habitats and for minerals or whatever. And then because of that, they open up portals to hell and demons from hell have now overrun all the places and are killing everything, possessing people, making them try to attack you. And you are just a lone man with a whole arsenal of weapons trying to take him down. Bingo. And then eventually, uh, in the first Doom, you do end up going to hell. That's part of it. And then I think in Doom 2, it's called Hell on Earth because guess what? They're back. They're back. And And they're on Earth Earth now instead of Mars. Cool. Yeah. So that's why you're running around in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you pick up weapons as you go through it. You pick up health, um, other ammo, of course, armor. Um, It's it's one of those old style FPS shooters. Um, But yeah. Did you, was there anything else you want to share about the game history and context? Uh, Uh, Nothing too specific cool. about that. I mean, I'll get into a little bit about like what people have done with the game since, but that history, I think you summed it up. You did it, man. Oh, thank you. Woo, that's the first badge of uh, history approval I've gotten <laughs> from a guest. Thank you. You're on the right side of history. Awesome. Oof. Oh, I, that honestly, huge <laughs> wave of relief over <laughs> me right there. Yeah. Um. Well, sweet. Let's move on now. Uh, sure. First, before we talk about your history with this specific game, mm-hmm. I've got like a general idea of your or I guess it's not so general. It's pretty loose idea of like your history of video yeah. games, but let's talk about your history with games in general and like how you got into them. Uh, do you remember the first, like how you got into video games in the first place? I mean, this is definitely going to be an early game of mine because I did grow up with PCs in my household mm-hmm. and it would be used a lot for gaming. And we did have like a Nintendo, Super Nintendo Genesis mm-hmm. eventually. Um, my dad had an Atari. Wow. Um, and then like we would go to arcades and stuff, but yeah, I think the big thing was for PC gaming. That was like the easiest, quickest route for getting me in the games. And it yeah. did. This was not really one of those, but I mean, I played like Sierra games, like okay. adventure games, Maniac Mansion, Sam and Oh, Nance, so like, you road. played LucasArts games Yeah, LucasArts games as well. Yeah. Like all those type of stuff, even like some of the weirder, like, uh, you know, like commander teen. Yeah. Like, um, 
uh, you know, like System Shock, uh, just like all those types of like even some RPG stuff. Like, so you kind of had like you had the whole array of video games, pretty much. Yeah, PC game like you would think. Oh, PC games like are specific. No, I think they cover all the bases, honestly, and Mm -hmm. it'd be pretty more explorative than like what a lot of even Nintendo games were doing at the time. But yeah, that was my first entry, and then just developing with it. I think a lot of it too was my dad is loved computers. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's probably going to be a lot in this. Uh, he uh, was a computer teacher in Philadelphia. I didn't like, realize that. That's yeah, cool. He computer science teacher specifically uh, was a professor at CCP community college of Philadelphia and loved technology so much that he would take me and like my family to computer expos. Oh, right. In Philly. And like, oh, yeah, you were saying that. Earlier. Yeah. Check out stuff that they were selling, like graphic cards, all the new stuff. And he liked the idea of technology a lot. So he would. And I mean, I even told you about this, mm-hmm. about like the PlayStation Classic and stuff. He would like to like find new things to do with the technology. Like he when we got our PlayStation, he eventually modded it, which whoa, very different back in the day because Nowadays, like I got the PlayStation Classic, you just find a like, program, you download it onto the hardware. Back in the day, you had to find a guy in the city <laughs> who had like that piece of hardware. You had to open it up, your PlayStation, break the warranty. You had to solder this piece of hardware onto your PlayStation, and then you had to like burn a specific type of disc to play. Wow! And I think for him, because here's the thing too, he's not that big. He wasn't that big of a gamer. Sure. Like, he liked all the classics. He liked the Robotrons, the Donkey Tons, stuff like that. He didn't really play too much, like, newer games. But I think he just liked the idea of, I can get my son all this free entertainment if I just learn how, and I get to do it by tinkering with, like, hardware. I'm in. Yeah. So he got me into that a lot. He got me into technology stuff a lot. And I think he just, in general, liked seeing the general realm of what computers could do he also got me stuff like this program called sonic foundry acid which was like a music programming thing uh-huh. and then of he also got me and this was a game i almost considered doing called microsoft 3d movie maker have Hearn? you heard of that oh hern i have spent so <laughs> many out hern this is I'm, one i'm, I'm considering doing i thought that was just like a personal thing that no one else heard but i talked to michael stevens about it. he also had it i'm like what the 3d where you move around 3d models and make them and record stuff you could and to me that should be like the easy one to one because i like to make and edit mm-hmm. films but i got into like a lot of stuff with my through my dad a bunch of like just knowing what computers could do and like programming. I started, he taught me some programming stuff and I was growing up with that too. That's so cool. And yeah, that influenced a lot of what I got into and out of video games. Man, that is so cool. Uh, it's also, yeah. it, I think the coolest part for me hearing about that is just like uh, how encouraging he was for you. Yeah. And even though he was like interested in, in a different <laughs> aspect of it, like the more the technological, yeah. like what is possible side than you were, I mean, also probably interested in that, but also like, what are the games I'm going to play? Yeah, exactly. Thing? Like, I'm going to get to play Dino Crisis on PlayStation and not have to buy it. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> uh, stuff like that. And that definitely carried a lot of that into it. Um, and I mean, I'll bring it up later. But nowadays with gaming, I think I fell off it for a little bit moving out to LA, mm-hmm. being busy, and obviously my Dude, same here, were buddy. writing and film and stuff. But uh, the switch and sort of like the community we sort of built around gaming now has kind of brought me out into it full throttle. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now it's like the switch did so much. You now like know when someone's a gamer because they're logging it around. You're like, yeah, I see you. Yeah, it did really do a lot. It it was definitely. 
I think even before the before the Switch came out, like I remember it getting like we knew the NX oh. was coming for a bit. Yeah. And I started this was like I was on Back when it was the NX, yeah. Exactly. I was mm-hmm. like on some online forums, knew a little bit about it, knew that generally it was gonna be kind of maybe this like dual this hybrid um console. Uh truly like I remember and have watched the tr- first ever trailer for the Switch so many mm. times. The one where the guy is sitting down on his couch playing Zelda and he walks over and takes... Puts, and you don't know what it is yet. Yeah. But then he puts the con- Joy-Con on and takes the Switch out. Yeah. Like, ever since that... Ha- immediately as that happened, I don't know if it was like how clean the Switch looked with the gray controllers or what, but I was just like... I am back in and the hype I had for this console was so crazy. So it's done the same thing for me. Yeah. I'm glad it has. I'm glad it's done a lot for everyone. Yeah. In general, gaming got a lot cooler after it was for me. I like, yeah. In middle school, after middle school, it stopped being too cool to talk about Mm -hmm. playing PlayStation two. Now it's bad full power. People like, yeah, no gaming is a way of life. Now Fortnite, like people make livings off of it. Literally. Totally. There was definitely like a growing, uh, growing pains period. Um, which is funny that it came at a time where like there were really pretty decent 3D models yeah. in games and they were fairly modern. Yeah. It's very interesting. You think that would have maybe, I would have assumed that would have come more like the PlayStation and 64 era. But then again, maybe this was just a product of our age. Yeah. And maybe this happens at everyone's generations. like, yeah. I mean, I guess it is like post junior high, high school. That yeah. time just sucks. No, people judge general. you for everything. Hell yeah, they do. Oh, judgers out there. Those judgy judgers. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's really cool that you've all, you've kind of been into this stuff forever. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, I'll get more into it, but I think just like knowing what's behind the games helped me into that too. And maybe mm-hmm. just helps like my create my interest in like creativity in general and stuff. Yeah. Cause I, I think I've always been like into storytelling. Like I, I was a very early reader. Yeah. Like there's a photo of me as like a kid in a stroller with a book in front of my head. So like with the Bible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing I read. Uh, no, I ha- and then like I would write. You also as read a kid. the dictionary. Yeah, I read the dictionary <laughs> so I could understand what the Bible was talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shouts to the Bible. Shout out to the Bible <laughs> and to Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The two holy scriptures, <laughs> yes, the Bible and, and your and, my and your girlfriend, actual girlfriend, my lovely girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> but no, I like wrote a lot as a kid, stuff like that, and then yeah, I started getting hard. Like, I think my first real interest in like creativity came with like video games mm-hmm. too. Interesting. And, so you were very. Uh, I, I we're similar in this way. You even more well rounded. I would. I I'm getting uh, is that you had a lot of different er- things you were interested in. Yeah. And a lot of different areas of creativity. It wasn't just games, wasn't just movies, wasn't just like books. You were interested in kind of all of creative, creative story, storytelling, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, early, even having the access to the internet from mm-hmm. an early age yeah. added to that for sure. Cause that's where you could find everything. Mm-hmm. Now that's easier than ever. And I don't know. Yeah. I'm still very much a consumer of like whatever is out there in the world that might pique my interest or inspire me 
to do my own things. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that about you too, man. Oh, thank you. Aww. This is the I love that about you too oh. segment. <laughs> when we say, I love that about you, and it's only me and her. <laughs> yes. It's our session. Everyone get away. Yeah, uh, no one else is allowed here. Nah. Um, That's really great. Uh, thank you. So kind of transitioning from like uh, knowing a pretty decent amount about your game history. Sure. Um, how did you find, I mean, I know generally, and you kind of touched on it earlier, but tell us how you found this game in the first place i'm pretty sure i found it through like the expos of like the computer yeah. shows and just it being a freeware thing from the start because i mean that's i guess you could find about deem news anywhere i mean i did eventually have like the gaming magazines mm -hmm. back in the day of like game pro game informer yeah you were Nintendo already up on Power. this by the time this rolled around yeah Okay. But even computer gaming world. And so I think, yeah, just in general, knew about Doom out in the ether and then just going to an expo where, oh, it's on a floppy disk, take it, and I could just put it in my computer, install that one and a half megabyte oh file. Which used to be seem like yeah, so many. I know. And then, uh, yeah, just be able to play a full first episode of a game and then eventually get the full game. And even just in general, like what was out there in the world of like gaming for the Expos Virgilite. Yeah, I think they just had a good advertisement campaign and Doom yeah. had its own like legacy behind it, even from the start. Totally. Like, this is the future of gaming. This is its own new vision. And then there's the infamy parts of it too, where it's mm -hmm. like especially violent and especially all that. Um, and my parents, they were good parents. They never had a pr big problem with me, like seeing violent movies yeah. or playing violent games. Cause I think they knew I was intelligent. They knew mm -hmm. I wasn't being a monster. We all know that. We all Michael. Know that. Oh, shucks. <laughs> uh, that's what I was fishing for. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to call you Michael. I'm used to just <laughs> calling you Hearn, but there's no other Michaels in this room. <laughs> Normally there's at least like Stevens yeah. or McCaller. <laughs> That's literally happened to me my whole life, just FYI. Yeah. Oh, oh, that I, checks out. I've always had a bunch of Michaels around me in school, so Hearn is the default. Hearn. Cool. But never knew that was such a unique last name. Right. To get away with. There, there's some one thing that you've brought up a few <laughs> times that I want to dive into briefly, just because I'm really interested in it. Sure. Um, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you generally why. Yeah. Uh You've talked about like the gaming expos and like stuff you would go to. Were these like in Philadelphia, like at yeah. like a convention center type thing? Yeah. And like the specific convention convention centers that were in like Philly and PA would be like places where like it would be like a horse racing stadium or something sure. or a big stadium of like general exposition. Like mm -hmm. and they just rented it out that weekend for computer stuff. Yeah. And yeah, my dad, uh, his co-worker, and some people would just go there all the time, and it would be to check out new technology mm -hmm. or find good deals. He liked to build PCs and stuff like that. And, yeah, like they would sell all the kinds of stuff, including the gaming stuff, including mm. new controllers or, you know, early virtual reality ideas, which probably weren't very good at all. But still, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, like that was kind of like their big deal, is like, especially because I think... I don't know if they, how much they still do that now because it, it, a lot of it can be online. But yeah. early then, that would be how you would get stuff. Like if a mm -hmm. convention's happening, you're going to go out to it so you can actually get the stuff you need for your PC or Interesting. something. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I was especially curious about that because my dad has worked in the grocery business his whole life. He's worked mm. for grocery store chains um, and at, like as a, as a buyer, which is someone who... Um, negotiates the prices with uh, with like a vendor of what they're going to purchase a certain amount of an item for, but they also set the prices in store for specific stores. So that's what a buyer does. But anyway, we wow. went to like 
they were called food shows. They're still called food shows where it's basically the same thing you're talking about, but with like a bunch of grocery vendors like Frito-Lay or like Pepsi's there, like Tide is there or like even small, like it's not just like big vendors, but it's like small stores to be there or like it very, just very interesting things. But I would like interesting, as recently yeah. as last year, actually, because my, my dad retired last year, but we, there was always a food show in Long Beach in like March. So I went down with him and like walked the show floor with him one day. It was, it's great because like you walk the show floor and people are just giving you samples. So I walk away with mm. a bunch of like laundry stuff <laughs> and chips and like, uh, you're set. It was pretty great. Uh, really good deal. But <laughs> so the, I'm kind of imagining something like that just with like really cool technology and video yeah. games. And I mean, yeah. And they have specific audiences they're pitching for of like, you know, the computer nerds who want to have all the cool new stuff type of thing. Yeah. I love that. Well, yeah. thank you for humoring me and, no, and like diving a little farther back and talk, talking about I like that. All that. Um, so you probably, you probably got this game at a convention. It's like yeah. one of those games you don't or totally remember USA specifically. Or something. Yeah. But you got it. So we've been talking about freeware a little bit. Yeah. Um, this was something that you would have gotten a disc at like pretty much anywhere, especially because this was a game that was given out for free. Yeah. The freeware system of it was they want you to buy it, have the first uh, mm-hmm. episode. So you'd be interested in buying the rest. And really like, uh, I guess sold high on themselves or like believed in, they're like, if people play it, they'll pay for the yeah. rest of it, which I guess it worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of also like they're the name, they're the game in town literally mm-hmm. where it's like, what else are you, you know, you can't get games just from downloading them online. You have to go out and get freeware anyway. So That's true. you want to go out and get another dumb disc or something that might yeah. suck, or do you just want to fork over your money, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like the world's greatest demo is like the first chapter of yeah. Doom or whatever. It's, I think when we did, uh, on the other podcast, video games, comedy show yeah. demos, we did talk specifically about oh, yeah. the Doom demo, the freeware. Because, yeah, it really is. And it works super well. And I I think they did that with all, like, I think that software did that for a while with their games. Mm. Like the Commander Teen games were like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. I just want to bring up Commander <laughs> Hey, well, it, Commander Keen, it, it has its ties to this game. It does. It's yeah. software. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Awesome. So you had this game. Um, do you so remember, like, probably. yeah, so you were there pretty much from, like, the yeah. From launch, essentially, at least around soon enough. Yeah, I think PC games did that a lot for me, mm-hmm. where I would, I had Half-Life the year it was out, I had Quake the year it was out, like, and I think it's just like, this is, especially for that era for me, for gaming, it's like, this is my game, this is the game I'm going to have for, like, playing for a while. Like, yeah. It's not like now where I'm so saturated <laughs> and just buying stuff all the time with my money because I'm an adult, and it's like, no. Stuff I, we don't need. Yeah. <laughs> stuff, you know, free time we could be using instead. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, I just had, like, the game for a while, and but it, and it would be new, and so it's like, might as well just go for it. I think gaming, it's sort of like back when, like, VHS tapes cost like a hundred bucks or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. And there was never any sale. <laughs> it's sort of like, I think that too, where it's like, if you're getting the game, then get it. Cause it's, you might as well get it. Yeah. And have it. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So let's talk about a little bit about like when you first did play this game and your experience sure. with it. Dive. Tell yeah. me like dive into that. Let's go. Let's uh, get, let's, let's go. Get in. Let's go. Well, I mean, nowadays, especially like, uh, it's still like, there are so many FPSs out nowadays that it's the language of Doom now kind of what's arcane or what's like basic or what's simple. 
for the time it's very unique it's you know the second mm-hmm. maybe fps ever and it's got its own design it's got its own ideas and levels that are so out of the world even now but i think because it's so immersive because you're just there in the first person view immediately the controls are so simple and direct your your fighting is so simple and direct it just is really easy to get into mm-hmm. and i got into it immediately and it uh-huh. happens, I don't know if this is your experience, but from watching you, uh-huh. it seems like it. when you start a level, it's going fast, yeah. it's happening. You don't have a lot of time to sit around and be like thinking and whatnot. You are just continually going through like yeah. waves of enemies, it feels like. Exactly. And yeah, I think it doesn't give you too much resting periods. Like sometimes you'll be, all right, I wiped out all the enemies and I'm looking around to where to go next. But usually, yeah, you're starting a level and you're just having to like, you hear the sounds of enemies. You yeah. know, someone's having, you hear that guitar rip just start <laughs> and like driving you up and like, all mm-hmm. right, I got to get into this game. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, it, it's already moving from the get go. And I think that helps it too. That helps you want to explore the levels a lot mm-hmm. quicker because A, there's always that element of danger that like, if you don't explore it and get out, you could die. There's also just the fun of it and the speed of it. It is a very fast game, too. Like, you play Wolfenstein 3D, you're moving at a snail's pace in that game. You play Doom, you're, I think, running at, like, 30 miles per hour. <laughs> he flies. Yeah, he speeds up, and you should be playing it with, like, always run on. But yeah. even, even if you're just walking around, like, it's you're it, there's a lot going on in the game yeah. at all times. I Which, feel like. I'll, I'll take this moment, because I don't think I've done it yet, uh, to plug the video portion of this Ooh. show, especially specifically this episode, because you did turn all run on. So if, you, uh, <laughs> if you're not familiar, check us out on YouTube.com. Uh, check out the Call Me By Your Game YouTube channel, or check out our website, callmebyyourgame.com, because there we'll always have the video episodes posted as well. Um, and we have one for Hearn's episode where we played through about a f- little over 30 minutes. Yeah. And you kind of jumped around. But anyway, that's I digress. Yeah. I just wanted to share By that. By the way, Jeremy, I, I turned always run on your copy of Doom. Just so you know. So now you're always running, baby. Yeah, now you're always run- That's how I always find of you. You know, sometimes in life, it. I like to think that I'm a self-starter and I've got always run on, but sometimes it takes another person to do that for I you. Know. Yeah. yeah. Got that. You're welcome, Jeremy. That that person. (laughs) Oh, no. He unplugged. He shut everything (laughs) off. Oh, boy. That was good space work. Goodness, it was. Um, But no, um, yeah, I think (laughs) the other thing, too, about Doom is there are a lot of secrets in it always. Like Mm -hmm. every level has secrets. There are secret levels. There's always things to dispore in it. And I think that keeps you going back to it. You even said, like, do is a replay value to it? And honestly, yeah, because it's. So fast, so quick, so immediate to the point and fun. And there's still stuff you could explore and figure out. Totally. Yeah. Um, when you were, f- I guess, first playing it and you first got into this game, yeah. was this a game that you like played by yourself? Do you remember what, you obviously probably playing it at home? Yeah. On your family's computer. Yeah. But uh, do anything you remember specifically about that? Um, yeah. I mean, for starters, it, even though it is like immersive enough, uh, playing a first person especially that early like you kind of have to used to it especially because what we know of like as fps is now where you have a camera and you can look around and you have Mm -hmm. moving and it kind of auto strafes that's not how it is like you're playing on a keyboard where up down left right yeah that turns you as like a tank almost yeah you have to get used to holding a different button the strafe and control and it's Getting used to like that language of game con- controlling is like new, especially that on that keyboard. Like especially you're saying. on an old school keyboard, as opposed to yeah, something like easier like a controller. Um, I think also just like building my own 
I guess it's weird because it has a pr- pretty direct point. You go into a level and you find the exit. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. always the point of it. But some, but it kind of defined like a different way to play games for me, which I can go into deeper too. Yeah, please. But at the very start of it, just playing the game as is, there are like all these difficulties. There's all these secrets. Mm-hmm. And it's such an immersive different way of playing it as opposed to like a Mario where you might find a secret offshoot or something. Sure. You're instead like you're exploring a level in a contained level that you can always like circle around, go back to. Yeah. And I think that added like its own element of... Well, I only found 66% of the secrets in this level. I'm going to go back next time and find all 100% of the secrets. Or, you know, you get on higher difficulties and it's harder and you have to get used to that and, like, build more of a strategy. Mm-hmm. It, I think that added a lot of elements to the idea of what games could do, which, at least for playing for me early on, was really informative and added a lot to, like, when I got into... Uh, other types of games like more complicated games like even genres that i hadn't played before like rpgs or something um and i talked about like my dad's favorite games being like arcadey games that didn't have that you play sure. an arcade game you're just playing a single screen yeah level and it's over this is like its own contained story and level design and like all these secrets and i huh. think that was really interesting to me like, it was a world i could explore yeah it kind of like, I mean, uh, oh, I don't know, oiled up your gears for exploring <laughs> video games. <laughs> I Perfect. mean, it did get you started Perfect down like a track to where it's like, like you were saying, you can revisit a level, you yeah. know, there's a percentage. So it encouraged your exploration. Yeah. Which uh, I'd say, I think for me, I don't know how you, it definitely uh, speak for yourself, Hearn. Uh, but what I would say is like, for me, a lot of the time, I didn't always do that growing up playing games. So yeah. it's something that I have to like actively do, which is part of the reason probably, probably why I don't finish a ton of games, mm-hmm. but two, why I'll get stuck uh, in stuff. Like Jeremy was watching me play Sekiro for the first time today <laughs> well, and me being tough. like, either I'm totally missing what's going on <laughs> or, or, I am just not doing it right. And I know exactly what to do, but so, but I've had to like work that into my life where I don't know, this game seems like it kind of like set you up to start doing that on your own. Yeah. It sets you off uh, with a good college fund. (laughs) (laughs) It's also that area of like, this is so early in gaming that it's not like, Oh, we're going to do a tutorial for you. This is how you walk. This is how you move. This is what you're supposed to do. It just has a distinct visual language that it's just like, you're going to get that, Rotting over this shotgun shell is going to give you shotgun ammo. You get that this blue potion is going to increase your health. Yeah. You get that this giant blue door needs a blue key card type of thing. It just like drops you in the world and it's like, you'll figure it out. Yeah. I, that early, especially for gaming so early on, I think that's very bold for them to do. And it's kind of interesting, like how it, in, I don't know, it's sometimes like a new game feels backwards when it's like, oh, well, this is the training level where you're going to learn how yeah. to. Yeah. It's like, no, I know how to aim a gun. I play in a video game. I played a bunch of these video games. Yeah, it is likely not your first yeah. foray this into that my, game or genre. This ain't my virtual rodeo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I like that about Doom and that it's just like a very distinct, unique vision for its time and even now. And that mm. it just like has a world you can explore in that. And then um, this is the part I want to bring up now and I'm just going to yeah recklessly segue into it oh um, segue away my friend so on top of all this stuff on top of playing the games and being interested just yeah. in gaming in general the part that my dad comes back for with the technology interest is he bought me a copy of this book called the doom hackers guide oh wow and this was a book 
it came with a disc. And I think the big pitch and interest of him is it took the game, sort of like how you should take a PC and like mm-hmm. figure out whether well, you should, you should took the game and it this program that the game, this book came with and like the book and how it describes how to use it to hack the game, to reprogram it, to make levels with it, to not only do that, but also change just elements of the game. And interesting. Well, wow, not only did he, was he like encouraging of like your hobby, yeah. but he also like saw you were encouraged, like excited about this game and gave you like another level, yeah. level to explore. Yeah. And it opened up not just, oh, I can do that. You can find, it would open up the idea. I could find levels online. Yeah. I could design my own levels. I could, cause there was also another book about specifically like level design, uh-huh. but it also just opened up the idea of like, that's how this game was made in the first place. This game didn't just manifest itself into the world. There's a level designer. Yes. There's a guy who sat down and like programmed it. Mm -hmm. And that got me a peek behind the curtain. That was really cool for like a little kid. Cause, and for a little bit too, especially in middle school, I was like into programming. I was learning programming languages. I was trying stuff out. I had books on like how to program video games and things like that. And I think the impetus, the one that started all was this, because it was taking something I already knew and knew so well and breaking it down for me and how I could edit it. And that's so cool. Doom is another weird case of like, that's a specific game that is still being, that's still happening to that game to this day. People Mm -hmm. are still making levels for it. There's a website called Doom World where you can download a bunch of levels people have made are still making now. And some of them are like complete modification, like new ideas with the game. Some are like, I I think I showed before there was like a Mario version of it Uh where you jump around and collect coins. There's a Sonic (laughs) game. And then there are just people making their own unique levels. And I think it's still like one of the most mod like has the biggest community of yeah. level makers and this I, is like super mario maker before <laughs> super mario maker yeah. but also like a whole nother level of like freedom and that you can just yeah. change they made their own uh mario maker more or less with it and what's so cool about that is just like you would think well why doom why can't why not something that has a more complicated engine where you could do more and why not you know this game or that game? and i think because the engine of doom and it's specifically like the way it runs and the way it is incorporated is so like distinct and mm-hmm. like immediate that it's still just fun to create a level and run around in it. Yeah. I think that community is really loyal to it just cause it, it's so immediate and so respectful of their like input into it. It's really cool. Totally. And it's like, it seems, I mean, it's easy to, it's easy to grasp uh, pretty early on. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't, I, I don't mean it to say degrading to call it a simply designed game, but like, it's not like, but I think the simplicity that is yeah. there probably lends itself to that design. And yeah. like, kind of like how Mario levels can be simple, yeah. you know? No, I, I mean, getting back to the Mario Maker 2 was definitely yeah. a rush of that again, where it's like, you think, you know, like, oh, Mario level, that's easy. But then you see what the work that has to go into it to make it so balanced or interesting. Mm-hmm. And also just seeing like doing a thing a certain way will subvert it and make it completely yeah. different. Like it'll bring on a different world to it. That happens a lot with like a lot of the Doom levels I played with a lot of stuff that's going on with it. And even like the official uh, on that Switch copy, like mm-hmm. John Romero, one of the makers of Doom, made like a wa- like a level, a whole world for it called Seagull that came out last year for like the 25th, or maybe it was two years. It was recent. It was the 25th anniversary of Doom. <laughs> so he made a new level Jeez. for it, which, yeah, <laughs> makes us feel super old. Yeah. Uh, 
but he released it like a new level for it and it comes free with like the switch copies and maybe point of our copies now amazing and it's just like so it's like the online community ongoing. like became a part like became like doom canon or whatever yeah. it's like an aspect of the re-release of this game is that like community yeah and like creativity well when you first got into this mm-hmm. how would was there like a specific way you would explore or have fun with these features were you more of a person that would like play other levels would you make your own too like what did you did you play also was this like by yourself or anybody else yeah i think the main thing too is for someone so communal i have to admit a lot of doom and a lot of the level design is these are single player levels these yeah and play worlds you're making campaigns or like stories or ideas mm-hmm. and they can be really cool like and really inventive and unique and maybe the communal part is all the online stuff of being in that forum sharing your stuff people yeah. feedback but for the actual design part reading the books doing this stuff that was all by yourself yeah and i mean that's kind of art to some degree yeah <laughs> um but what i really like too about just in general of like getting into that stuff of it was seeing all those elements of seeing like Something that simple as like they can replace the sprites and make it, oh, this is Simpsons Doom where you're shooting up the Simpsons characters. I saw that uh, one where yeah. it's like, there's the police officer. Yeah, Chief Wiggum is like <laughs> yeah. the big guy. Uh, but then like you should just dehack it in certain ways where like you're messing with the balance of the mm-hmm. game. You're making, making weapons more powerful or you're changing how they look or do or yeah. act or feel and you should change how the game feels. Really broke it down for me in an interesting way. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of it was like, my own observations and there was eventually like there is online multiplayer on it too yeah and i played a little bit of it, i think but to me the appeal to it and the appeal to most video games i play like i'm mostly a single player video gamer yeah like i like some certain multiplayer games for sure and we played a few mm-hmm. group that are like a lot of fun once obviously. every five months yes exactly <laughs> i think that's the ratio yeah but like what i really like about video games is the worlds they create and like their own specific languages like Sekiro is different from doom is different from mario is different mm-hmm. from zelda is different from anything else and it's just fun to like, live in that world on its own terms, explore it for what it is and sort of like see just from all that, like what was the intent in the mm-hmm. game makers uh, purpose to it? Like what were they trying to do with this specific game? That's really cool. Yeah. And I like that a lot. And I think that adds into like what I like and try to do creatively in my own life. Yeah. Mm. That's, it's funny with uh, you talking about, uh, you know, this ability to, I mean, really just take the game and make your own version of it, mm-hmm. uh, is, and this probably is going to sp- like ties into the, you know, you being a creative person and a storyteller is I feel like when I had like properties that I really liked growing up, whether it be Mario or the Ninja Turtles or Pokemon, whatever. I mean, the thing that I had the most fun doing was of course, not only playing the games, watching cartoons, whatever, but was like, playing with like action figures and telling your own story of that so in these like doom created levels in this online community kind of seems like it you're because you're still you're playing the game but it's like your own yeah uh, like vision of it it's the story living on after yeah the movie or the show is done it's Mm -hmm. like you and your room getting to continue it on yeah. And especially when it can be done in a community, that's really awesome. It's really kind of the point of it all, really. The point of art is like making a communal statement and then having it live on. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so video games are gosh, art. So they excuse, are. 
Excuse you if you fought Al Swatch. <laughs> yeah, excuse you. Here's a <laughs> tissue or yeah. something. Excuse you. Here's a tissue. Um, we got to play this game uh, today, and you I know you were playing it a little bit in prep for the show, but yeah. how, how how do you feel that it holds up today? It still holds up very well. And it, you would think it's funny, like, well, it's rudimentary. You don't have to aim too much yeah, to shoot like, an enemy. As don't. we were saying when we watched the video, like if there's a character that is, or an enemy you're shooting at that's straight ahead of you, but up or down a level, yeah. You don't have to aim; it just hits them. Because you can't, yeah, you can't jump. You can't aim up or down uh, the mm-hmm. Y axis with your character. You're really just running around these levels, almost like if it was a top-down game or something. Yeah, it's just with the illusion of like a yeah. 3D space. But yeah, but I think what's so cool about it still is just like it is that fast, immediate language of it. Of you're exploring this level, you're trying to find specific items or exits, you're trying to find enemies and attack them, and just. Even how simple that is, like, you know the different states that can come across. Like, if I'm in this corridor and enemies are swarming me, I'm stuck and I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I have to keep an eye out for when an enemy is attacking and when a projectile is coming my way. Uh, You get into level design that, like, looks and feels in different ways of, like, this is a level where I have to explore and find different pathways. Mm -hmm. Or this is a maze-like level where I'm trying to, like, find my way out. Or this is a beta arena level where I'm attacking a bunch of people or being attacked from all sides. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that immediacy of it. It's still made to hold up. It's why, like, you know, Super Mario will never get old. It's why Donkey Kong has a pretty specific, like, language that you're just immediately thrown into. Yeah. It's just one of those games where it's, like, it's so pure and to the point that, yeah, it doesn't get old. And, yeah, just playing it in terms of speed, in terms of, like, intent, it's mm-hmm. still very fun. It didn't, and, of course, I'm sure if I played the game, maybe I would feel different, but it doesn't yeah. feel like there's any big, like, hitches in the game or, like, big things that make it broken or, like, a, oh, no. I love this old game, but there is this thing that like, <laughs> really sucks about it, like, what or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's also, like, funny how, like... Some of the older games are like the ones with the least amount of glitches or buds. Where yeah. just like you're playing it, it's fine. <laughs> Nowadays, you could buy a game and it's broken day one, and you yeah. have to wait for a patch. No, I think they couldn't mess. Around. I think it was that old school game philosophy. Of, like we can't mess around. We got a demo to convince them to buy the game. Yeah, for and real. If it's messed up in any way, or if it's not that fun, they're going to move on with their life. Yeah. So Jeez. I think Doom did a good job of that too. Yeah, it's probably why, you know, it's why it does hold up well today for all the reasons you said. Word. Um, all right. Well, I've got some I've before Yay. we move on, I've got some fun stuff I want to do before the end of the episode. Ew. But is there anything all else right, that fun stuff? Is there anything else that well, hey, I've got some for you. <laughs> uh is there anything else you want to share about how you feel about the game? Anything you really love that you didn't get to touch on before we do some fun things? I mean, I brought up specifically like the level design, the music, the yeah. sound design, stuff like that that immerses you in the video portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I guess I would just point out like to some degree in games that like have that tone of we're edgy, we're dark, we're mm-hmm. disturbed, we're all this stuff. Some of them can be really try hard and make you feel really like an idiot for playing it yeah. or something where you're like, I don't want someone to see me enjoying this because it might they might think I'm some real like try hard edge. Yeah. <laughs> I think Doom it just is a distinct image of like, yeah, it's kind of demonic, it's kind of anti- but it's and we joked about a little bit about like, shouldn't the church like it? You're killing all these demons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Should be the church's game. <laughs> yeah. But I think what I liked about Doom a lot too is just its image is so surreal. Mm-hmm. It's uh you're in this like colonized area on Mars, but even then none of the levels make any logical sense. Yeah. 
None. <laughs> it, and it's weird. You would think that would make it hard to like navigate. It's not. It's yeah. really direct and to the point. I think just all the ideas that came from it were so surreal and earnest and like interesting that it never feels like too, like I get why it's still like for its time, shockingly violent Mm -hmm. or some of the imagery might've been weird, but they were disturbing. But like, I think it's just very true to its ideas and such a very simple way that it's like, I don't know. It just, that, that element also holds up very well where like, you know, you could play like Duke Nukem maybe a couple years later and find it a little dated or you could play, a modern, like, I don't know, Borderlands and have problems with its tone. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this just, like, balances out with, like, we're going to keep hush on and not be too ostentatious with our image and just be sincere, and it did it really well. Yeah. Awesome. That's really wonderful. Uh, well, thank you very much, Hearn. So uh, let's move on to some fun things I want to do. Things. I've got uh, two segments that I've been doing pretty regularly on the show. So we're going to start um, with the first one. This is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And in the background, there's going to be like uh, there's going to be like game show music. We've not done this before. Oh, cool. This is the way I just say Would these things. Would we be talking at, while the game show music is going on right now? Yeah. So it's like kind of playing out right as like I welcome to the stage Michael Hearn. So this oh. Is anything I do like this, it's fun. Hello, it's like, everyone. I get to look over at Jeremy. Hi, Mom. Yeah. Hi, Kelsey. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, I that's that's my that was my way of being like, hey, Jeremy, here's something I didn't tell you that we're gonna do. <laughs> Which you don't don't do anything. It's funny if there's no music. Yeah, I'll let the producer do his job. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for shouting out your family members. Of course. Uh, so just um, my mom and Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, it's more shout outs for Kelsey. Way to go. Yeah. Um. So for the fact me by your game segment, I'm going to share some facts with you. You might be Ooh. well aware of these, but I'm just going to share a few fun ones that I found. Please. Uh, first is the name Doom. Do you know where the name Doom camp comes from? I know this one. It yes. comes from the movie The Color of Money by Martin Scorsese. Hey. Because Tom Cruise, wait, someone asked Tom Cruise, who is a pool hustler, what's in your suitcase? And it's like his pool cue or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Doom. Yep, that's all Doom's he says. In my suitcase. With his cocky grin. Yeah. So that's crazy. They watch this movie and you're like, yeah, that'll be the name for this game. <laughs> it kind of feels like you're, I mean, it's perfect because you're doomed. It feels Doom. like you're doomed unless yes. you win, which I guess is every game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Um, perfect. They should have uh, gone with the color of money. That would have been a great title for this game. That would have been really funny. Like where there's no currency in what this if, game. What if the dialogue was something else? Like what's in your... <laughs> Wallet? What's, what's, what's in, in your briefcase? And he's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the game is called Seven. No, it's like the game is called My po- My Lucky Pool Q. Perfect. Then this would be a completely different game. Yes. Uh, the last fact that I wanted to share with you <laughs> is one of the creators of Doom and Wolfenstein, John Carmack, who we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. was an actual rocket scientist. Did you know Whoa, this? I did not. He, he also he created his own company called Armadillo Aerospace. And this company competed in a NASA contest called the Lunar Lander Challenge. And one. So this, so this dude is before an, Doom. This was uh, actually I don't know in the context when of when it was, but that's still really impressive. This guy was like a rocket scientist, but he's like making video games. Damn, pretty yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. That spins the rocket launchers and stuff in it too. Yeah, they, and they were true to uh, actual specs. I bet. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, the next thing I like to do, with, which I do at the end of every episode, is I give game recommendations, not only Ooh. to my guest on the show, but to those out there listening. Because, um, you know, uh, when you end a relationship, just like in the movie Call Me By Your Name, sometimes you date someone similar. Sometimes you go wildly out to left field and date someone yeah. different. So I'm going to give you a few suggestions for your post-Doom life. Well, please. It doesn't have to yeah, be Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think, I, I think me and Doom still are good thing going. Well, that's, I didn't tell you but that's part of the deal if you come on the show is what? you never play this game again. Aww. Yeah, so Jeremy, whatever you All choose, right. be ready to say goodbye to it. I'm going to yeah. stare sadly at this fire then. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you, you're so you're pretty cute when you're crying. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so first, something different. I wanted to give you something where you're, it's, you know, not entirely different from Doom. You're still, you know, shooting up stuff in space. You still Sounds have, good so it's, far. it's still a first person shooter. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty vanilla recommendation, but I'm going to recommend Metroid Prime, Ooh. which I know you've played before, <laughs> but uh, still for anybody that out there who maybe hasn't. That is a great game. Yeah. One of the, one of the great, especially on the GameCube. So very explorative too. It's the first Metroid game that was a first-person shooter. Uh, yeah, definitely more like explorative than, than yeah. this game. A lot slower. Learning lore and stuff for atmosphere. Yeah, but definitely highly recommend it. Thank Something you. similar that I want to recommend is a game that I played growing up Ooh. that is very, very similar to this in certain ways, and that is Star Wars Dark Forces. Ooh. Did you play Dark Forces? I actually didn't play that one that much. It is kind of doomy, though, mm -hmm. and you're like shooting stormtroopers and stuff. Yeah, the like models are also aren't 3d models they are like yeah. uh pre-rendered uh like uh sprites that mm. just move around um but that game i loved a lot it is really f it's it was really fun also on dos as well yeah and then out of left field so yeah. i wanted i was trying to i always try to think of a fun one for this suggestion but this one is another game that features a space hero stranded on a remote planet who's surrounded by relentless creatures <laughs> that someone describe as demonic my recommendation of out of left field for you is Pikmin for the, game, <laughs> for the GameCube. Oh boy, two for GameCube. Yeah, so I, I noticed that too. I was like, oh, GameCube getting some shout outs hey. today. But yeah, those are my recs for you. The, those are great rats. Pikmin is also a great game. Perfect. Well, uh, we are now at the end of the show. So Hearn... Thank oh you boy. so much again for coming on the show. This was really fun. I loved Thank getting you. to hear about like your history, your dad encouraging you to, you know, be into technology to also just encouraging like your creativity, creative habits, um, and so much more that you shared, uh, before we go, would you like to plug anything and everything? Uh, yeah, I'll plug everything. Cool. <laughs> uh, my Twitter and Instagram is Michael C. Hearn. Um, I am a filmmaker and writer in the greater Los Angeles area doing my own productions and stuff. And I usually put them up on Vimeo.com slash MCHERN. That's M-C-H-E-A-R-N. Uh, I have at least two that I plan to release this year, one that's finishing up very soon. Woo. Uh, so stars of uh, fan... Well, maybe he is a fan of the podcast, but, friend of, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll label him as a friend yeah. of a fan friend of the pod. and number one fan of Call Me By Your Game podcast, Michael Stevens, previous uh, guest as I well. Know him. He's not a fan. All no. right. Uh, sorry. <laughs> well, all right. Maybe he's just a number one fan of being in two of my uh, short films coming so. out this year. Um, got that going on for me. And then 
That's uh, <laughs> that, that's about it. And then catch me occasionally guest on video games a comedy show where I'm also this goofy guy too. Heck yeah. Well, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, I also would like to uh, shout out to Jeremy Schmidt, the producer of this show, producer engineer extraordinaire. You can find him on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime, on Instagram at Scaramy Schmidt. Like Michael just told you, uh, he produces a very funny, wonderful, one of the greatest pods out there. Video games, a comedy show. Give it a listen. I also am lucky enough to guest occasionally there. Um, You can find me uh, on social media at Connor underscore McKay. If you like improv comedy, come out to the UCB theater. Check out my Herald team jet set. Uh, if you want to email the show uh, for any reason, hit us up at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. Visit the website at callmebyyourgame.com. And uh, if you listen to the show, you've been enjoying it. You want to show, uh, you just want us to maybe expand our reach a little bit. Write us a quick review in the uh, Apple iTunes store on Apple Podcasts. Uh, super easy. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Thank you for listening as always, and good night.